let's talk about temptation. Temptation is, as you know, all around us. There is the temptation to say the wrong thing, to eat the wrong thing, do something we shouldn't, look at something we shouldn't. Sounds awfully negative, doesn't it? Wrong, wrong, don't, shouldn't. What a pain. And yet, I want to say that that temptation isn't necessarily a bad thing. Temptation can be a good thing because it clarifies our moral choices. It's half of the conversation when our consciences are talking to us. And it's the opportunity to do the right and good thing. Sadly, some people don't know the difference between sin and temptation. I can't tell you the number of times that people have come to me for confession and they confess that they were tempted, as if to simply think about doing something wrong was the same as doing it. It's not the same thing, of course. Temptation and sin are not the same thing. Jesus was without sin, but today's gospel tells us that Jesus was tempted. Why was he tempted? Well, let's go back one further step and ask why Jesus was in the desert in the first place. This gospel is from Luke chapter 4, and it takes place immediately before Jesus begins his public ministry. He went out into the desert to prepare himself. And this temptation is the critical part of that preparation. In fact, it's the only part that the gospel writers tell us about. Here and in the other Gospels, it says that Jesus went into the desert in order to be tempted. Before he could begin his public ministry, Jesus had to have some clarity about who he was and why he was embarking on this mission. Each of these temptations works to clarify for him what he's all about. These are all the things that he has to know before he starts the long road that will lead to his final temptation, his passion and death. The first thing the evil one offers to Jesus is food. After 40 days of fasting, he was hungry, and the temptation was to first satisfy himself and not rely on God to provide for his most basic needs. By answering, not on bread alone does one live, he's making clear that dependence on God is even more important than satisfying his physical hunger. The second temptation was about power. The evil one offers him dominion over every nation on earth if Jesus will just surrender his loyalty to God. Jesus responds that God alone is to be adored. He's acknowledging that he's being lied to. The devil is offering something that isn't his to give. It's a lie. Power and honor and glory cannot come from evil. Ultimately, they come from God because they belong to God. The important lesson here is that temptations aren't always real. We can be tempted by illusions and lies, by people offering us 
what we want to hear. Today we call that advertising. The third temptation for Jesus is to throw himself off the parapet of the temple to force God to come to his rescue. This is the hardest temptation, and it parallels Jesus' final temptation in the Garden of Gethsemane. Destroy yourself and God will come to your rescue, right? God won't let anything bad happen to you, right? Prove to me that God loves you by forcing God to rescue you. This might also be the temptation to show off, to display your power just because you can. And this is the temptation that would come back later. The very end of this gospel says, when the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. Temptations come back to us periodically. And Jesus ends the conversation by saying he's not going to put God to the test. We know that at the end of the gospel, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he faces this temptation again, and he wrestles with it, and he faces his death without asking God to take it away from him. All of these temptations serve to clarify for Jesus who he was and what his relationship to the Father was. And temptation works the same way for us. It allows us to have these same conversations and to discern who God is calling us to be. And it's very, very difficult to resist. And sometimes we fail. But don't flee from temptations without confronting them honestly. Acknowledge your temptations to make clear moral choices about your life, your relationships, and your behavior. The biggest temptation, I think, is to believe that we're not being tempted, that we simply have some options, and we can choose one way or another, and it doesn't matter. But it does matter. One of the things that Lent teaches us each year is that we are tempted and that our choices matter. That's why we go into this metaphorical desert every year, why we need a time of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. It's why we need to give things up for Lent, because we need the opportunity to face temptation head on. When we're tempted, and know that we have the opportunity to make the right choice, that's when God's grace is the strongest in us.